Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to My Business Playbook. I am so glad that you have decided to join us today because you are in for a real treat. We are joined by a very special guest, Monique Hessian of Snuggle Honey Kids. Now, Monique founded Snuggle Honey in her garage. I'm pretty sure she was on maternity leave when she started this business, and it has grown to become one of Australia's leading baby retail stores. If you are, you know, a mom, I'm sure you've heard of Snuggle Honey. If you're not, you're going to know a lot about Snuggle Honey by the time we finish this conversation. Monique is incredible. She just is going to be sharing her journey. And, And what's really cool about the way she speaks about her startup journey is she gives you practical applications for where you are at right now. So I know you're going to find this inspiring. I know you're going to find it helpful. She is an incredible business owner, and I feel honored to be chatting with her. So let's dive in to my conversation with the wonderful Monique Hessian. Well, Monique, I am so, so glad to be chatting with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I... This is going to sound funny, but one of my clients back in the day raved about you. She stocked you at her store at Lollipop Kids. Shout out to Lollipop Kids. Yes. And she, and I was helping you with her marketing, with her marketing strategy. And she was always like, well, whenever Snuggle Honey Kids come, it's just wild. And we have to be prepared. And she was, she always talked about Snuggle Honey Kids. And then I came across you on Instagram and was like, oh my goodness, what is this like empire that you have built? And I'm so glad that we could connect. So glad that we could chat because you have just built an incredible business. I know that you are such a creative, you're such an, you're so entrepreneurial. So I know that everyone listening is going to get a lot from this. We're going to talk about your journey. We're going to talk about all the cool ideas that you have, all the things that you're going to be doing next. And I'm really, really excited. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, that is such awesome news. Um, But yeah, looking forward (laughs) to getting into the nitty gritty of it with you today. Amazing. Now, Snuggle Honey Kids, you have built, this is like your fourth baby, right? As in, it's your business baby. Absolutely. I mean, I started Snuggle Honey Kids, well, actually, a little bit about me. My background, I was actually working for a corporate um, chartered accounting firm um, and so have absolutely zero retail experience. So when I fell pregnant with my first son, I... um, I really, you know, moved into this baby space. So it's a whole new world that, you know, does you don't know exists until you, you fall pregnant. And, and sort of just, you know, my creative brain did start to think, I had this light bulb moment where I was like, wow, this industry, there's really nothing that I like. I would go to the shops and feel really uninspired and just thought there was such a gap in the mind. I kept saying to my husband, I feel like, you know, I should just, maybe I should just try and get some fabric and, Tried out and really just had, look, to be honest, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I felt really passionate about, you know, <laughs> this space and just kept saying, you know, I think that there's a real opportunity here to do something wonderful and something that I would want um, for my son. And so 
it's really where it started. Me and my mum, we went to a fabric house and we made all my swaddles um, because I just didn't, I, you know, didn't really feel like there was anything that I loved. And I took so much comfort um, in swaddling my baby. And, and what I realised about swaddling your baby was that the first six months of your baby's life, they're, all their clothes are hidden in amongst that swaddle. And so, you know, we were like, okay, well, the swaddle has to be the fashion piece. And so we just started from there and, you know, got a website, started socials, had six products, didn't, you know, have really any idea, but I just knew that, you know, I was really passionate about what we were doing and away you go. That's really where, yeah, where it all sort of started. And then you've just like, you grew this viral Instagram presence and I'm curious, like, in the process, so you went from, hey, I've got this idea, chatting with your husband, which I, I totally, I feel like everyone listening knows that feeling of everyone like chatting to your idea. Yes. Yes. <laughs> chatting to your partner going, this is this a good idea? Kind of, and it sits in the back of your mind for a while. What was the kind of breaking point or the turning point, I should say, where you went, this is actually going to work? Was there a moment where you thought, Hey, actually, this is this is more than just a hobby that I'm doing on the side. This is going to be yeah. This is going to be big. I do actually remember. So when we started, you know, we started with six products. We had a website. Probably for the first year, I was probably getting no more than maybe six orders a week, and yeah. I still knew I was on onto something, but I just couldn't quite understand what was happening. And yeah. I realized that through that year, I just I you know didn't know the market, and I and I really just researched and understood and learned and figured it all out and I think when I finally realized that the buyer who okay so I had a product but we weren't we weren't we weren't selling much of that product and I knew that it was a really good product but I had to really sort of take a look at who we were selling to and I think I just didn't know who my customer was and I didn't know who my target market was and so I was selling everything at a really high price thinking this was the way to go and I really sort of looked at my pricing structure I really kind of worked out who my buyer was what I was selling what I would want as a mum and really kind of like at that point in time I kind of changed and realigned my brand with what I wanted I my well not so much it was the customer, but then also what my brand was. And I think for the first year, I didn't really know. I knew that I had a good product, but I didn't really know much about brand and sort of really sort of like fleshing that out and figuring, okay. So I made all those changes and did all those sorts of things. And then, you know, we had this thing about social media coming on and, and you know, it was the digital space and this whole idea around, you know, connecting with uh, your customers and that sort of thing. And so what I did was I started, you know, selling my um, my swaddles, not just as a swaddle, but we we sort of identified as, well, you can use a swaddle as a birth announcement. And so I, I really sort of like, you know, and I would say Snuggle Honey Kids was probably the first to sort of come on and it was really our movement where we go, well, you know what, we are a brand that is there to support you in your milestones and your moments and use your, I mean, you would use our products you know, to take beautiful photos and to really sort of like bring this birth announcement concept alive. And so I really kind of just then did everything and, and realized that, that was who our brand was and figured that out. And when I started, you know, our photography changed, our story changed, you know, I, I ironed out who our customer was, what they wanted to see from us. And then I think I really then had an understanding. And when I started to do more of that, I then started to convert more and more. And so 
I really then started to see, oh, hold on a minute. Okay, I'm, I'm onto something. This is working. I've, I've adapted to what I think is right. I've tweaked and I've talked to customers and I've listened to who, what they want and what their demands and what their needs are. And then, you know, come up with this unique idea and something that was evolving anyway and really sort of like adapted, adapted that way. And I think really it, it took off. And, and with social media, what we did was it, for me, it was, I was passionate about our product, but I was also compassionate, passionate about community and, you know, connecting with our customers. So, you know, we, we had this idea of beautiful lifestyle images and of, of when our, you know, customers would buy our products, we would repost those images. And we really started to sort of have this community grow that people wanted to be a part of. And, you know, motherhood, you think about motherhood and you think about you have a baby, you're alone a lot of the time. And so what we tried to do was, you know, bring our community together to go, you're not alone it, whilst you're buying our products, but come stay with us and we're going to be together and we're going to do this journey together. And so it was kind of like growing this brand that, you know, meant community, but also in the meantime, we were enjoying really beautiful things. Oh, that is such, so you had this shift from like, Hey, like it's a beautiful product. Yeah. 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 And then it's customer centric. And from there, because you had this user generated where people want to be featured people want to tag you in their posts people want to take beautiful photos right absolutely to get featured so that shift to make it more customer centric and it's a community and and sharing these beautiful milestones that you know mums everyone's so proud it's such a proud moment yeah it's such a special moment totally Totally, totally was definitely a turning point for us. Um, definitely a turning point for us and we kind of really figured out who we were as a brand at that point yeah. and I think when you start to see more and more of it and then you're doing more and more of it, you know, that sort of thing. Yes, it kind of, you start attracting this, the people who want to take beautiful photos like that as well and then like attract, attracts like in that sense. Absolutely. So that was year, year one you kind of were building the, the business was it year two where it kind of really took off? So year two was when we sort of we, we aligned with our customer. We sort of w- worked out who we are. And then from year two, we grew, uh, I guess we grew the breadth of our category. So realising that it was really important for us. What we figured out was what our customers were telling us that we needed more of an abundance of product on the site and being able to come and shop and feeling like there's something there for you as opposed to going, oh, there's only a few things, you know, we need to... I'll look somewhere else before I make a decision. So for us, it was really important that we had a breadth of category within our business to ensure that we could convert those customers and ensure that there was something for them. So really sort of commercialising out that product. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, what we were doing with socials was I really then started to send all my products out to people that aligned with us. So using influencers at that time and really just saying, hey, this is who we are. Why don't you check it out? If you like it, give, you know, it was literally, if you like it, do a shout out, you know, yeah. um, if you use it, you know, it'd be great to leave a review, whatever. And, oh, I mean, I think I did, I think my first, influ- I got my first 2,000 followers in like one day from doing an influencer. Like obviously I'd started, but then starting to get these like really big activations. And then I think it was probably about year, going into that second year to year three, we had, Uh, An Australian influencer, Tammy Hembro, at the time had her first daughter and I sent her a swaddle set, sent her a couple of things and, yeah, there was no real agreement. She just posted us and we had, you know, 25,000 followers in in 
in 24 hours. Um, oh. and, and from there, and it was just like mind blowing that this was happening and it went, my Instagram was blowing up and I really then understood the power of social media and how we could harness that and grow this community. And we've been hustling pretty much ever since that ever since then. But I think what I love about Snuggle Honey Kids is that we've always been really authentic in the way that we do things um, and wanting our influencers to really love what they're doing and really love, you know, with our products and that, you know, I think that's why we've been so successful in those activations because they really do love those products. Yeah. And so talk to us about how do you keep the like the buzz, like do you do drops of particular products? That, like how do, you, how do you kind of keep people coming back, repeat customers? How does that kind of look for you guys? The two main ones, the first one would be over the years, why I think we've been so successful is we have listened to our customers in a sense that their needs and demands. So we started out in swaddles, but then they would be like, you know, I really love those, but can I have that top knot? I just want the top knot. I just want the headwear. So, you know, we then we then rolled out a line of just, you know, headwear and accessories. So beanies and top knots. And then our business grew because we, you know, grew our product categories. And, and then I, I love that design of that swaddle, but I really would love it in a bassinet sheet. Please, please, we can make it in a fitted cot sheet. So over the years, we've really um, had these really big, you know, big boosts of growth because we've grown out the product category and the umbrella of what I guess Snuggle Honey Kids can, what, what, what they provide to their customers. So they might fall in love with something or really start to have this opportunity to love Snuggle Honey, Snuggle Honey Kids but ne- never necessarily had the opportunity to come back and buy. So really sort of like growing that breadth of category and, and giving them, you know, more opportunity to be able to buy with us. And then the other thing would be growing that social media platform mm. and then yeah. – for me, it was never about succeeding in a way of growing my business financially. It was about growing the business because I passionately adored community and just really wanted to be there for our community. And I think that when we when we think about Snuggle Honey Kids and the way that we market our products, we so we don't really sell our products. We we show and inspire our customers what we do. We're there for them in on their motherhood journey, or you know whether it's celebration in their milestones and that sort of thing so you may be buying from us but then you also want to stay there because you want to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself so I think you know that's been a big big part but I think the other boosts would be you know always having to be able to we always are refreshing what we're doing so evolving and adapting our style and design as the market moves so you know having these beautiful fresh new seasons and fresh new product categories was really I guess um, a mixture of the two is really being able to sort of grow grow that that part of the business. Oh, it's incredible. And I love that you have gone really, you've z- really zeroed in on your niche and your audience and then you've grown the product line from there because I think a lot of the time we try to go too broad with our audience and then we have too many products for too broad an audience and it gets lost. But I love that you've gone, no, these are our people. This is the stage of life that they're at. This is what they care about. We know them like better than they know themselves almost. Really. <laughs> and and we've then you can expand. I love that because it helps anyone who's listening who kind of feels like, oh, I want to do, you know, as entrepreneurs, I we have ideas. Yeah. I think you need to get really good. You do. You need to get really good at your core and what is your core. And for us, it was swaddling. And before we sort of moved out our product categories, we moved, we, we had three different types of swaddles in, in different fabrics and, and really got really good at that. And then from there, 
we, ne- we never went down the corporate route and I think sometimes trusting your gut is so important about growing your business and how you sort of like branch out into other into other categories in your business and and I think sometimes you can make that mistake because you know that's what the other brands have done oh well that's what they've done so it works for them yeah. but you don't really know if it's working for them or not so being really good at what you do and then and then harnessing that and taking that, you know, one product category at a time. So if you have a look at our history, we've really kind of gone, okay, swaddles, then moving into accessories, then moving into bedding and really sort of like shape them. And when we launch those categories, they are just as good as our original categories. Do you know what I mean? Because we've nurtured that and we know exactly what they want. But also, most importantly, we grew our product categories because of the demand of our customers. So we might not have had the most conventional way of growing our product categories, but we've done it because that's what they wanted, hence why we've been so successful. That is gold. I love, love, love that. Now, along your journey, so you've built this business in the past five years, right? How many staff, like how many people are on your team? Yeah, so we have 13 people now. Um, it Amazing. Was, it was me for probably the first three years. And then when we sort of started to realize, hey, this is, you know, crazy. Big deal. <laughs> we had, you know, we had, we were just selling to like consumers. So just, you know, we were an e commerce, you know, platform selling online. Um, we then realized we kept getting wholesale inquiries about, you know, stores wanting to stock our product, which was like, oh my God, I never even thought about this. this is amazing. Um, and, and kind of, really had to sort of get ahead around how we were going to do that. And, and my husband, actually, his background is um, B2B, is, you know, um, he, he did online in the B2B space. So we took that really big risk where we weren't really making any money, but we we he quit his corporate career and sort of once he quit that and then I quit mine. So I was running two jobs. So I was doing my accounting job in the first two years of doing Snuggle Money because I didn't trust myself enough in the beginning. And so I kind of like waited and then we then came together. Well, I probably came together. I probably left a year before he came on and then once he sort of came out and we were 100% focused, if that was when we just exploded and we, got, we, we became an omni-channel, you know, multi-channel business and grew up, grew, you know, built a be- an amazing wholesale um, retailer system and, and then together, you know, grew the beatus, you know, the the consumer, you know, and the the retailer channel, and really just starting to commercialize our brand. From there, we went from like three to five. Then we had like a whole warehouse team, pickers and packers, obviously as our demand grew, and and now we're thirteen. So it's a lot. <laughs> it's so so impressive, and so. In that process, I really want to chat with you about your mindset throughout this process because you've gone from a very, like, as an accountant, like it's a <laughs> crazy, it's a right? really safe, it's a really secure job, right? How did you, and, and your husband as well, like, talk to us about that process of what did you have to, how did you have to kind of change your mindset or how did you get the confidence to go, okay, this isn't just a phase, I'm going all in? How, how did that play out for you? It's funny and I think this is where um, a lot of obstacles come in for people because I feel like in those first couple of years I, I, knew, that I knew that I was passionate and I think what I've learned um, is that it's so important to be passionate about what you're doing and I think that's going to get you through those hardest times. Um, but I think... As the years go on, you need to build this confidence from within that you may necessarily not have. Um, 
And I think that by believing in yourself and by going, you know what, I can do this and, and not, not having goals that are too large, but also being able to go, I'm just focused on the next year. I'm not focused on what ha- what's happening in five years. I'm just going to focus on what's happening now and what we can do to utilize that and run with that. And so I guess taking those smaller steps and going, okay, I'm going to get to this. So, you know, five years ago, I didn't have in my mind that we were going to be the largest e-commerce Australian baby brand. I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, it would have, it's yeah. great, but I didn't really have that. So I think really believing in yourself and going, I can do this. And when something gets hard, no, I can solve this problem. I can figure this out because I know what is happening. I know what I'm doing is, is I'm on a good thing and really believing in yourself. And I think that when you're passionate about what you're doing, all the achievement and all those goals and things, they just happen without you even realising because you're learning and you're evolving and you're adapting and you're, mm-hmm. and you're really sort of having that self-esteem to take you along that journey. It's so interesting because I was having a conversation with um, a coach earlier and he was saying he ran a business, um, he's run multiple multi-million dollar businesses and he said he ran this one business and it failed. And he was like, the reason it failed was because I was in it for the money. So true. You know what? It's so true. It is so true and I think people start businesses to make money. Um. And it's and it, and it's, obviously we all want to make money, but yeah. you want to start a business because you're passionate about that thing, because you believe yeah. in that, and you think that other people can believe in that too. Because if you if you don't believe in what you're doing, how is anyone else going to? How is a customer going to believe in it if you don't truly believe into it? So that love, and that that because you know running a business as well, it's the sacrifice that you do. You don't you, you there's so much sacrifice that goes into it, and there's so many times where you go this is too hard, I'm going to give up. But you know what, it's when it's in those hard times that you learn and go, no, I still believe in what I'm doing here. I'm going to overcome this and move forward. And that's where the real magic happens. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, the idea of if it's passion first and serving people first. And for you, I know that you are so, your customers and your community are like the whole thing, the whole reason you do what you do. And I think that really comes through. And so I feel like when our businesses are centered on that, the money stuff happens, you know, like I I think, and of course, yeah, as you say, like we all want to make good money, like 100%. But I do think it's the, it's a really interesting shift. And when we, when we find ourselves in that moment of, ah, I just, I'm stressed about money, which happens. I think it's really good to come back to like, okay, well, what is it that we love? What is it that our customers love? And what is it that makes us unique? How do we just do more of that? Absolutely. I think then in your business, you get to a point where you really then start to take off and then, you know, you, you start to get orders and, and revenue is actually a thing. And, you know, you really <laughs> got to start, and, you know, taking care of it and, and, and working with that money. And I think for me, what I did was, again, all I did was when we were starting to really sort of see change, I just put all the money back in because I believed in it so much and I knew that we could grow from whatever it was and then and I knew that everything else was going to come later and, 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 it, and it just naturally does when you are working on something like that. And when something is hot, you know, when, you're, when, you, when you know you're doing good because you can see it happening and, and you start to do more of that, then 
you're not so focused on the destination rather than you're enjoying that journey. Yeah, and I, I love that. And I think you are such a testament of that because you've been able to maintain this really core, the core brand values of what why you started Snuggle Honey and you've been able to retain that as you grow. And I want to talk to you about this. You, because you've, you know, you founded the business, what is it, five years ago, right? Yeah, well, so, so seven years, but we didn't really, the first couple of years, we could we could want them. I mean, they're important. <laughs> <laughs> we can just say they didn't have. Let's say five years. So you started your business five years ago and in that you've had to grow really rapidly. How have you, like, because in the, in the early stages, were you making the swaddles yourself? For two weeks. <laughs> for two weeks. For two and weeks. then you. never going to happen. And then you, had, you, you yeah, outsourced that. We had to outsource, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. So scaling. Yes. How did you scale and how did you retain the connection with your customer? Because you've done that so well. Yeah. So I think the scaling part is is the part where it's really make or break, I think, for a lot of small businesses mm-hmm. and things get really hard, things get explosive and, you know, you're getting pulled from so many different directions, you're wearing so many different hats. And I think what's important about scaling is to then go, okay, this is recognise that something's happening, you know, you're over capacity, you've got so much going on and going, okay, well, if I'm going to scale now, I need to be able to bring expertise in to be able to support my goal um, and support my business. And so I feel like every time I had to wear too many hats, I would reassess and go, okay, what am I doing? What can I outsource that is someone else can do, but it's not going to jeopardize my brand? So it might be that I think the first thing I outsourced was, cu- was customer service. So it was like all the online and all the inquiries and go, okay, I can get someone that's really good at that to do that, to free up my time. To be, yeah. able to, to be able to sustain this, this growth. And yeah. so I think over the years what we did was beef out, you know, a team that supported the cause and I was obviously so creatively passionate about design and community that that was sort of what I really harnessed on and focused on and I think we've gotten tighter and better at it as it goes along and then building that, those core values within the team so that the team is all sort of the same wavelength as you um, mm. I think is really important so that, yeah, you're sort of like leading your team from the front and they're sort of understanding your logic about how you do things. And I guess just commercialising in general, you just, as, as an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean, you, just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you know everything. It's about problem solving. And so I think that having a team but then also outsourcing and whatever it might be for you to be able to put out those fires to be able to scale and not give up because when you scale, you're at a tipping point of you're either going to break because it's too much or you're going to exceed, you're going to excel in that area. So being able to work under pressure and going, okay, well, what are the problems here? How can we fix those to be able to move forward? Um, and I think just having a strategy around growth and being able to sort of identify those those weaknesses or all those fires, those opportunities and being able to solve them and move forward would be key. I think it's been a huge key of how we've been able to, you know, grow our business. You are like the unicorn of all unicorns because you you're really business-minded and I think the fact that you're an accountant I was just thinking about it as you were speaking I'm like how are you how are you an accountant and such a creative sorry that might be a bit of a um (laughs) 
so funny. I feel like I had it. I always had it in me. You know, people would meet me and I would say, oh, I'm an accountant. They'd be like, that doesn't, that just makes no sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I think having the, the business and the accounting knowledge is um, definitely, you know, so a huge role in helping me sort of scale the business over the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that is, yeah, I was just, as you're talking, like, who is this woman? She's like a unicorn. So for someone listening who is, has a dream and, and really wants to, has a, like a product idea or a business idea and is just struggling to take the leap, what would you say to them? I would say that no dream is too large and that you know, if you really believe in something, I think I think for me, my biggest advice would be that it is really important to just learn. It's just learn. You need to learn about every aspect of what it is that you're doing, not only the product, who you're buying to, really sort of spend a lot of time doing the research um, and then feeling, I think doing that will actually make you more confident within yourself mm. to go, okay, I've done the research, I've checked, ticked all the boxes, I've spoken to people, this is what I'm thinking, and then go, okay, start small and just have a plan and, and, and do it because you know what? At the end of the day, when you're passionate about something, if it doesn't work out, then you've at least tried. But what happens if there's this huge journey ahead of you but you're too afraid to do it? You know, I think about me and I think, well, you know what, I kind of, and a lot of people would be in my shoes that, you know, it might be a mum who's had a career change or whatever. They don't have that the experience. And I think them going, oh, I don't know, I've never done this before, is is the block where they yeah. go, I can't do this. But you can because you can try. And I think the most important part would be doing it and then evolving and adapting and growing and learning in that journey and just not not staying still. Don't get don't get stuck in a tunnel vision. You might start somewhere, but then as you're doing all of this, you're realizing, hold on a minute. No, I can do this, but I have to do it another way. And being fluid enough to go, okay, I'm gonna jig it around a little bit to be able to make it happen and really believing in yourself. Truly, I know that sounds so cliche, but you are your own limit and you really have to go, no, I'm gonna I'm I'm all in doesn't mean I'm all in and I'm going to have this multi-million dollar business, but I'm all in on this little idea and I believe in it and I'm going to, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it through. Yeah. And I think sometimes, and I, I'm curious on your thoughts on this too, Monique, but I think my encounter with people who are starting businesses is that they spend months and months and months planning before they've even launched anything. Oh, and nice. to me- I'm totally going to cut you right off. <laughs> Procrastination is the devil. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> planning is a noble procrastination because it's like, it well, I better, I've got to make sure that I've got my zero set up. I've got to make sure I've got my um, trademark. I'm registered as a business. The amount of people that come to me and they're like, I'm like, cool, have you tested anything? Have you done any research on your target market? No, but I'm registered as a sole <laughs> trader. I'm this. I'm like, who? cares yeah. test the thing yeah. and then figure it out you will sort it out it's it, like it's it is so uh, true and, and i and i actually got a really good piece of advice um i'm not sure who it was from someone this when i first started um i can't remember who it was but they basically said to me just start yeah might not be a hundred percent 
you might not be happy with it. And you know what? It wasn't 100%. But just get going. And you know what? You can refine it and you can get to that 100% later, but just start. And whilst you're starting, you're doing all the research and doing all all those sorts of things, but you need to move forward and not procrastinate. You have to take action 100% and, and, and never feel like, if it's 70 of, 70% the way there, no one else knows it's 70% the way there. Just start and see what happens. And then it might evolve from there. You know what I mean? Yes. It's taking imperfect action. And I think we can just be totally what you, you were saying before, Mon, about like your own limits. It's like we can just be our own worst enemy and we can 100%. sabotage ourselves. Oh, totally, totally. Totally. You could be like, oh, this is just too hard. I give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but then- if you really believe in something, are you really going to give up on it? No, you're not. You're going to go, okay, I'm going to figure this out and spending yeah. the time to do so. Yeah. And redirecting. If something isn't working, cool. We'll change it up. I like, think that's the biggest, biggest roadblock in small businesses today is that yeah. they're too afraid to change it up. They've set their start on something and they go to do it. And it might only need, might, like, like with me, I could have easily given up after the first years first year I didn't make no more than six orders in one week but I didn't give up I figured it out because there is a way to success and whatever you're doing there is an opportunity to grow and to build a business it's about working out how why and you know all the bringing all those parts together yeah and I do think as well like for anyone listening who kind of thinks oh well you know that's all well and good you know you were able to not work for a little bit or you're able to do this. Like I started my business at 23 and I didn't really have, I didn't have a mortgage. I I don't, we don't have kids. Like it, you know, I could see how someone will go. Yeah. But like, I'm in a different season of life to you, but I think you also don't have to. And I think sometimes we get caught in the ego side of this, of being full time in the business straight away. You can take your time, right? Like you can actually go, Absolutely. I mean, look at me. I'm a perfect example. I will actually use my maternity leave. <laughs> so I worked yeah. throughout my entire maternity leave of my first child because I just truly was so passionate about what I was doing. And I mean, I mean like we didn't make a cent from the business for two years, but it was never about the money, see. So, yes. and then it was always like, we'll start small. Okay. So you don't have a lot of money to put into it. I put $5,000 in. That's mm. it. so you know I think you can you can start really small and and, you know start with a really basic website and then once you start going going you can upgrade it you know and really going okay I'm going to do a small investment I'm going to I'm going to iron this all out I'm going to just get a couple of products and I'm going to do that really well and then from there being able to move forward yeah I I think that's such such good advice to anyone who is starting out and feels overwhelmed by it all I think knowing that hey like Everyone is bootstrapping at the beginning. We're all kind of <laughs> figuring it out as we go and and not being afraid to make quick changes if you need to. If something's not working, if if you're not loving a supplier that you're using or if a client relationship isn't working, it's okay to make quick decisions totally. and follow your gut And like don't, that. don't get stressed in the, oh, this is going to slow me down because you yeah. put this, you put this, you've, put this goal in that you think, oh, I need to have this by six months. But, you know, I mean, I had a, a supplier drop me, I think, at the very beginning and I thought to myself, what am I going to do? This is it. It's over. I managed to whip out, surprisingly, another supplier within a week and have my production move. Like, you know, so it's just, you just, yeah, you, you just have to keep going. 
Oh, such good advice. (laughs) Now, Mon, where can people follow you and connect with you more? Because you have like you've definitely just got something really unique and really valuable to give to other people in business. And I'd love to know a bit more about how people can connect with you and follow you. Awesome. Well, I've recently just started my own personal Instagram called the not so CEO because it's so typical because I am not the typical CEO. Yes, um, I love it. So you can follow me there on Instagram or you can find me on LinkedIn um, um, under my name, Monique Hessian. And obviously, you know, you're welcome to join our beautiful Snuggle Honey Kids community by looking us up at Snuggle Honey Kids and you'll find us there. Incredible. Well, we will pop all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Mon. It has just been an absolute pleasure and I'm so glad we could sit down and chat. Thank you so much. It's We could totally chat about this stuff for ages, isn't it? It's just so exciting. It's such a a fun space to be in totally. But thank you so much. It's It's been awesome. My pleasure. Isn't she glorious? (laughs) I feel like I've been taking notes. I've been like, oh my gosh, there's so many inspiring things. So we're going to have to have her on the podcast again very soon, I am sure. Now, if you love this episode, please let me know. Send me a DM, leave us a review. And if you feel like there's someone in your world who needs to hear this episode, who needs to hear some of Monique's story, then please share it with them. Share it with many people because this is really inspiring. I hope that you found this helpful. And as always, I love having you as part of this community. So thank you. Thanks for tuning in every week. It's amazing. I hope that you have a wonderful week. We will see you back here, same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my badass boss friend, go get him.